Hey guys, before the show gets started, Josh Klein here, managing editor of the Riot Report and co-host of It Is What It Is. I'm also on One Day Contract. You probably hate the sound of my voice, and I don't blame you. But I wanted you to take a moment, and before you enjoy this podcast, or while you're enjoying this podcast, if you want to multitask, check out some of our other offerings on the Riot Network this week on It Is What It Is, powered by the Riot Report, which is our interview show where we interview players and coaches personalities from the Carolina Panthers. This week, we've got cornerback Kevon Seymour, who has an unbelievable life story and somebody that you're going to want to learn more about. Plus, we went in-depth on how much we hated the Game of Thrones series finale with quarterback Taylor Heineke. Check it out. It is what it is, powered by the Riot Report, available wherever your local podcasts are sold. Check it out, don't make music like that anymore. <laughs> Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panther Stock Show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound Den, the Roaring Riot Podcast, or It Is What It Is. For more great talk about your favorite team, follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. I'm going to have to introduce Josh first because he always starts talking before I get to him. No. So, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, is extremely sad he binged the entirety of Game of Thrones only to wish he was one of the people, like myself, who knits on Sunday nights. I am not calling it this, by the way. Josh wrote his own intro for this. What are you talking about? And you wrote this oh, intro. I, I totally did. Instead of watching maybe the last cultural to- touchstone of our generation. Yeah, that's right. We're in an age now oh, where God. nobody watches things at the same time, except for live sports, sports. and Game of Thrones. <laughs> nobody's nobody's like, hey, did you watch? Hey, uh, did you watch? Um, I can't even think of a good Netflix show that just. Like, hey, did you watch Stranger Things? No, 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 I'm two episodes behind. Don't talk to me. Like, that's how it works. Like, nobody's like, oh, Sunday. That was literally us talking about Game of Thrones two weeks ago. I know, but I'm a huge hypocrite. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Colin, and listeners. Oh, now I'm jumping in. Nothing I mean says anything. Don't talk to you introduced. Well, you were triggered. So, <laughs> Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and ready to admit that Michael Jordan has a better resume as a film actor than as an NBA owner. I'm pretty sure he won more games in Space Jam than he has as owner of the Hornets. <laughs> I, I think you're actually you're pretty close. Yeah. And by the way, Josh, congratulations on talking with everyone's favorite Panthers quarterback about Game of Thrones. That's, yeah, that's thank you. Very thank cool you. Podcast. I invite you guys to check out It Is What It Is, uh, Game of Thrones edition, where myself, Zach Luttrell, and Taylor Heineke – Spent about 30 minutes yelling at each other about uh, Game of Thrones and how <laughs> mad we were yesterday. Well, if um, that's not the dr- the dream team right there. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Really know what is? We yeah. Hey, you know what? We wanted to. We had things to say, and we had better ideas. And if we had written that show, Bran would have died, and Sansa would have been the queen of Thrones. 
Were you, anyway, it you, is spoilers, what it is. I guess. You can't it listen is to, what it is. Can't listen to anything now. Without <laughs> being were spoiled. you pleased with Taylor's breakdown of the defense of King's Landing? Yeah, like, I was. <laughs> okay. Well, he, you know, he's a he's a little bit more versed in the offense now after being there for a couple. Of, that was kind of his role. He'd been with North Turner before, so he knew the offense at King's Landing better. So he was able to break down the defense a little bit better, better than the, than he was able to teach it to uh, to Tormund and the other guys that were. Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming in hot. Well, on the one-day contract this week, Eric Spanberg, managing editor of Charlotte Business Journal, and one of the only people in the world who could probably name 10 South Carolina state senators and whether or not they like the Panthers off the top of his head. Ready? Go. No. Yes. Clock starts now. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Thank you. I am uh, happy not to be in Columbia today. No offense to Columbia, but I've just spent a lot of time down there. I've been on I-77 a lot. <laughs> I think maybe we've gotten this issue resolved, but... And, and I is, believe is I believe, something happening in, in uh, South Carolina. You know, I, I'm not sure. I was just going to say that I, I believe Eric has been the longest standing adult in the Charlotte sports room for, for decades now. <laughs> like a lot of us try to pretend to be adults at various points during sports conversation, but somehow Eric has maintained that for, for a long time when none of us have been able to maintain for even a good hour and a half. Today it ends. <laughs> yeah. This That's all going downhill Excellent. from here. Excellent. <laughs> this is the moment we've all been That's waiting right. for. It's my last day at work. I'm going to make a good one. Yeah, exactly. Then we're going to break out the beers. It's going to be shots all around <laughs> by minute 40. It's going to be the Charlotte Business Journal. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> I'll break out a red ribbon that says participation, adulting, (laughs) adulting. Thank you. So we start the show with Nikki's super important question. And in the uh, celebration of TV and good TV, top three TV shows, we'll say in your lifetime. Oh, no. And they don't have to be in order. They don't have to be in order. Your top three TV shows. Now we're talking like my favorite top three or the three best TV shows. Let's put a, a hybrid combination for it. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I think it's a, probably a cop-out to say Breaking Bad is going to be in the top three for me. Um, probably a top – literally, like, as soon as you said that, he, like, bro- he like opened his pen, went right to the notebook, and just started, like, writing down ideas, <laughs> oh, taking notes. He has, like, 15 shows Yeah, he's, like, down. crossing out. This is, like, like well, Final Jeopardy. Yeah, okay. no, it's uh, – Colin's no joke. He always likes to – he tries to win at this stuff, except when he's talking um, – He just crossed out the NFL today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if NFL primetime has already popped into my head, I will con- I will confess that. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Breaking Bad, uh, I would also put um, – you know what? I'm going to stay true to myself, and my final two will be Friends. <gasps> That's right. I love me some Friends. Uh, and if you want to go in order, it goes Ross, Joey, um, Monica, Wait, Chandler. Ross, yeah, reverse reverse Ross is the best. No, reverse order. <laughs> Ross is the best. Just because you identify with Ross does not make him the best. Oh, see, words hurt, Colin. <laughs> words Am hurt. I wrong? Words hurt. Yeah, just because I wore leather pants to one top podcast taping. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I didn't know I was coming to Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> it's Chenandler Bing. Yeah, Chenandler Bong. Get it right. Yeah, Miz. Get it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? Eric knows. You probably have to give it credit that we all got that one. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody knows Chenandler Bong. It's a cultural touchstone, Nikki. We all watch it on Thursday nights. See? I mean, I was going to put it in mine. I just didn't think that you would do it. Yes. People didn't know, but we just high-fived. It's not a, a good for audio mediums. Um, and then I also really like Lost, and I know that that also ended poorly. But you know what? Just like Game of Thrones, 
although I was a little bit harsher on Game of Thrones, just because it ends poorly does not erase the six seasons of excellence beforehand. Interesting. Hmm. Eric, do you know your top three? I, I don't know if I know my top three. I know my favorite, which is Justified. Mm. By far. Is oh, nice. Oh, that's I a nice show. Justified, uh, Raylan and the gang. A lot of fun. Um, because I am 195 years old, I also loved Cheers back when it was on. Oh, that's a good Cheers. show. Mm. Okay, uh, and I don't know if I can come up with a third off the top of my head. I'll, I'll, I'll take notes from Colin. <laughs> He's got something to spare if you want one of his. No. I, I haven't seen that many TV shows. This, this list. He's, he's like, you, you guys like, have walked way talked this list of way too much. Already. He's like the train that came right at the screen. Uh, I have the wire. That's mm, that's my that's yeah. my oh, one. That's a, lot, one. a that lot of people a love one. the wire. That's uh, that's an obvious one. Yeah. Uh, Saved by the Bell. Mm. Um, not the college years though, because you know we have, <laughs> have standards here. That's and then I was torn between Family Matters and Sixty Minutes. I was going to say Sixty Minutes <laughs> to try to impress Eric. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I don't know if that <laughs> sentence has ever been said. <laughs> yeah, torn line. between front Family line. Matters and Sixty Minutes. See, we had Frontline, Nova, and Washington Week. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Never mind. That's the plot line of Sophie's Choice, right? Whether it was actually the correct answer is what's what? Oh, I can't think of his name. I'm doing sitcoms. You're doing Sophie's Choice. <laughs> All right, just yeah, just uh, across. Can David Letterman be on my list? Maybe put David Letterman. Oh, mm, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. Yeah. Anything narrated by David Attenborough? I'll take that. All right, okay. yeah. Dinosaurs. Yeah. I feel like you're <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's not really a documentary. I didn't know we were getting impressions, but I like that. Sorry. That was fun. <laughs> Nikki, I would say that. First three seasons of Weeds are hands down the best written television that I think I've ever seen. All right, I was so, I was in that's a, that was in that was a uh, important part because that was when Kevin Nealon was was a big part of it, and then he kind of got written out, and there was mm. no longer that sense of comedy. Him and Andy Botwin are like the two greatest yeah. characters ever created. I'd put those for, after the third season, yeah. But those first when three moved seasons, the strip mall and all that stuff, and the yeah. tunnel. Well, and all you know, that. they kind of ran out of places to go <laughs> yeah. once they. You know, yeah. um, and then I would say Friends, and then yeah, I would say yeah. Parks and Rec. Oh, Over the choice. Office. The Office is not going to mention, but Parks and Rec does. That's surprising. <sighs> it was it was hard. I thought Elf would be in there, but no. Yeah, I no. did. That's only if T Bone was on the show. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Nikki's a big cat fan, so she can't have can't not doesn't like Elf that much. <laughs> That's what it is. I have, yep. a, I have a soft spot. Well, make sure you rate us on iTunes. Leave your super important question there in your review, and we will ask it on the show. All right, are you guys ready for this? <laughs> ready for what? Are you ready for some Tepper Town talk? Yeah. Triple T? So if you get on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. The, the, Twitters, the Twitters are a rough place right now because the sky is falling in because everyone's like, well, the Panthers are gone. They've left. They're leaving uptown. Well, so now what? It, it, it doesn't help when the local news stations are saying South Carolina trying to lure Panthers mm-hmm. out of Charlotte. Like on the graphic, going, eh, sort of. Yeah, because that's really not true. We all know they're moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So yeah, of course. <laughs> Big fans that. over yeah, there. I don't know. The Great. Sunshine State. Breaking news here. Why is the South Carolina part in there? I don't know. Uh, so, Eric, obviously you've been following this closely. We're have been in Columbia. Kind of like... So what is what is the the process been for like this this thing happening in South Carolina State Senate and Congress and all that stuff? By the way, one of my favorite things about the South Carolina legislature is that in the Senate and I believe in the House of Representatives, whenever someone wants to speak, 
they kind of signal, and then the speaker or the president says, for what purpose do you rise? <laughs> and I think we should just do that in daily life. So if you want to just ask me that from now on, for what purpose do you rise? Yeah. And I'll just answer the question. Okay. That sounds like <laughs> a good Greatest idea. drive-through operator yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 So anyway. For what purpose do you drive through? Yeah. I'll have a number three. <laughs> Uh, so what was the question? No, I'm just kidding. So the process was really interesting because when this started in March, and you'll probably remember David Tepper went down to the governor's mansion. He met with Governor McMaster and two dozen lawmakers, cabinet officials, and then there was a press conference, and everyone was so giddy that they could give away money to David Tepper that they just couldn't stand it. And then the House of Representatives passed this fairly quickly in March, and then there was a state senator named, or there is a state senator named Dick Harputlian, who's a Columbia Democrat, who began to dig into the process and some of the estimates of what this would do economically, and then everything really slowed down, and so what I think a lot of us thought would be a couple-week process actually went down to the wire, TV show alert, (laughs) Uh, and, and so just a couple hours before the session ended, They finally voted and approved this thing. Last week, the conference committee – you're getting a civics lesson here – conference committee agreed, and then Monday of this week, everybody voted to accept what they had made out of the paper mache, and so now the governor will sign it in the next couple days, and it will finally be – ready to go and it's happening so the panthers are moving to rock hill that was not the express answer yeah rock hill panthers which is pretty pretty gonna gonna be pretty good i I just cost you your entire audience yeah no it's fine they 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 checked out at three minutes so (laughs) (laughs) counts as a listen if you listen for the first just to hear what the theme song is so the minute they heard that say by the bell the college years didn't make the list yeah they were out you think one more night didn't clear them out i no, i think they were like okay Okay. one more night cool good to know pause and then they're on to uh bill simmons show now i've been of the opinion that north carolinians and we i don't say shouldn't care but this seems to me like a a win for everybody involved i'd rather not be giving up uh, you know 100 million dollars in tax money for a practice facility when we have the games here in uptown charlotte and i if i'm not mistaken the hornets practice facility was in rock hill near knight stadium it was in fort mill yeah or fort mill yeah. correct yeah yeah um did they repaint that water tower <laughs> Sorry. I had to get that joke in there. <laughs> Worth it. How, how do you make a baseball into a football? Yeah. I don't Sorry, know. I didn't yeah. mean to. No. It's a riddle. Tune in next I, week. Really do you. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I'm just stumped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just over here just He's stumped. about to hit me. I'm uh, thinking about yeah, my no, favorite TV uh, shows I'm again. Sorry. Answer right. the questions, no, Mr. Man. Don't ask them. Favorite Alex Trebek shows. <laughs> Jeopardy, concentration. Uh, I'm back. Um, that I, I've been of the opinion that it's not really that big of a deal in, in the sense of I don't feel like we're losing anything, and I get the two states. It makes sense to me why they would want to include South Carolina, and it, I, obviously the process is happening within South Carolina, but all the kind of the, the fluff and discussion around it, it, it seems misguided. And I, but, I, but am I missing something, or is oh it? Oh, my gosh. Are you saying that politically and civically we would waste time? <laughs> no, oh. Well, <laughs> I'm, not getting, I'm, I'm not getting started on this that climate. one. climate. Tear up the yeah. contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Um yeah, in a sense, I mean, you're, you're right. I think a lot of people, once they realize that it's the practice field and the headquarters, while those are going to be good things for South Carolina to have and to brag about, that if you still have the games here, that's really the main thing from a public aspect. But the real reason, of course, is because South Carolina is much more generous with incentives, and David Tepper and the front office played this very well. You remember – 
Is it back in the fall, all of a sudden, he was taking an interest in Henry McMaster? I, I don't know that all of his years in Pittsburgh really made him a big fan of South Carolina state politics until he figured out that maybe he'd like to move the team there uh, for the headquarters. So, yeah, and, and the other thing that was striking, and Senator Harpootlian, who I mentioned, said this over and over on the Senate floor in Columbia, North Carolina didn't even put up a fight. Uh, of course, now, the reason North Carolina didn't put up a fight would be boil down to two things. One is uh, the state leadership probably doesn't really have an interest in providing incentives. If you look at what happened a few years ago when the Panthers went up there and Jerry Richardson had the door slammed in his face. Um, And then the second thing is the city in particular is scared to death that they're going to have to invest in uh, what billion and a half dollar stadium at some point. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about a new stadium and what that might look like for the for Charlotte. We're going to get there, but I I want to talk more about South Carolina right now because I think that the for me and I I had this discussion and maybe I was just looking at it at too much of a surface level. It seems like a hundred it's what is a hundred and fifteen million dollars in tax breaks over over what fifteen, 15 years. years. Yeah. So it's eight million dollars a year in tax breaks, but they're still paying which adds up to 120 million dollars but they keep saying 115 i sure. haven't gotten the answer yet go ahead <laughs> okay so so we're breaking news right here it's 120 million dollars in tax breaks but they always say 115 they so do I, I and i don't know what the southern math yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel right. like i actually saw hey i'm it, good it, at adding numbers it's probably my fault i just haven't solved it yet so anyway go ahead. i also saw like uh, it's, it's like between 110 and 120 and i thought it was like maybe it's a sliding scale with yeah but it is it's eight million a year for 15 years whatever so Am I looking at it at too too much of a surface level? Like that doesn't seem like that much money in the large scale of how much the state is worth, and what a what a project like this could bring to South Carolina. Because it's like if you look at the star in Dallas, and that's really the one that they're that if Tep, if Dave Tepper wants to build Tepper Town, he wants it to be <laughs> bigger than the star. Like he wants it to be the best headquarters in the NFL. So he is going to have – they have five – they have Bank of America there. They have Ford there. They have all these other companies that have 200 employees. They have a, a museum. They have a hotel. They have a swimming pool. They have a – whatever, a concrete playground. Like all these other things that are – I was trying to think of something silly, but concrete <laughs> playgrounds all I could get. Um, uh, that's what you they have. The mean streets of Frisco. Yeah. It's a concrete playground. They have a, uh, a private club at the Star, like a country club. Mm-hmm. Where you can, whatever, you're a member, you can, like, watch, I don't know how it works, but you can watch practice and talk to Jerry Jones and drink whiskey. Like, that sounds awesome. (laughs) And that's the kind of thing that's going to come to South Carolina. And that seems like that generates revenue, right? Am I, like, and and to make up for that tax break that you just gave to them. Well, that's the idea is that you're going to have investment beyond the team headquarters, that you'll have a hotel and you'll have restaurants and shops. To what degree, we don't know, offices. There are some differences, and the politicians fought about this in Columbia. I mean, obviously, the Cowboys are the number one brand in the NFL, uh, possibly in American sports, so they have a little more leverage. And then where they are physically is an area where there is already a lot of corporate headquarters and corporate Mm. activity, whereas Rock Hill, not as much. That doesn't mean that this can't work. It just means that there are a lot of questions about to what scale, and we don't have a ton of detail. So there's a lot of, trust me, this will be good. So I think that's where you really got the friction between some of the political leaders. And anytime you talk about economic impact and you talk about 
any kind of tax breaks, particularly with sports projects, it just turns into a big food fight in a hurry. And both sides, one side says it has all this impact. The other side says never, ever, yeah. ever ne- having yeah. an NFL team has no impact it, whatsoever. It's either Lollapalooza yeah. or yeah. nothing good can come of right. this. Yeah. There's <laughs> no yeah. middle ground at all. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Colin, go ahead. I'd. No, I, I, I'm very, I'm fascinated with what we're going to end up seeing at this at, at this complex. Yep. I don't think it's going to be just a Panthers practice facility slash offices. I, I, I you know, I've ta- I've thought about the idea of like soccer fields and making it like kind of an, an you know a regional destination, so that when the Panthers aren't using it, all you know, I, and who knows what it looks like. But I think this is going to. I would bet on this facility being bigger than I think we expect, or you know, you might think of a practice facility than than not. Well, let's say this: uh, it's clear that they have ample motivation, right? Because they're going to spend two hundred million dollars, give or take building this team headquarters. By the way, even though these numbers aren't adjusted for inflation, you'll forgive me that sin. (sighs) Remember, Jerry Richardson paid about $200 million for the team in 1993, and so now we're talking about $200 million just for the the practice fields. I mean, I know it's more than that, but that just shows you kind of the economics of the NFL and how they've grown. But uh, if I can stop with my digressions, they have ample motivation because they want to get a return, right? Uh, And and they want to pay down that investment. And David Tepper, like every other billionaire you know or don't know, became a billionaire in part because he prefers to spend other people's money rather than his own money. So they're going to go out and get as many events and as many offices and shops and everything as they can. I think you're right. I think they'll have high school football and they'll have soccer and who knows what else. And then if you get an MLS team, which it seems pretty likely they will – They'll probably train down there as well, so you'll have that piece of it. So, yeah, there's a lot of potential here. As I said, I think we just don't know the particulars, and I'm not sure that they know the particulars. I think that they, they being the Panthers, they're somewhere between what Minnesota has and what the Cowboys have. That's kind of what they're aiming for, and now we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, I think that it's going to be – I think that whatever we're envisioning, it's going to be bigger. Like, I, that – and, and I'm envisioning a lot there. I just don't think that they're going to be like, yeah, well, we put a field down there, and uh, yeah, thanks I, for the tax so. breaks. You're not going to drive by it and not know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think, you know, for everyone who drives past uptown and sees those three fields and, I guess, a bubble uh, to be named <laughs> later, <laughs> I, that is not representative of what's about to happen in York County. Yeah, you cannot, but you probably can't have an apartment that looks over Panthers practice field like you can now. That's probably going to be a thing of the yeah. past. And I like the fact that they didn't have something like this and they said it last year and I'll and I'll say it again, they were they literally were at a competitive disadvantage. Like their got their players could not practice as much as other teams could practice because they had to practice in the cold and the rain and I mean luckily we didn't have anybody tear an ACL at practice or do anything like that, but that doesn't need to happen. Uh, apologies to Mose Fraser who broke his leg at OTAs today. Um, yeah. Oh no, Mose. Breaking news, but this podcast comes out tomorrow, so you probably already know if you're listening. But yeah, uh, Fraser, another great uh, TV show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> mm. Nicely done. Nicely done. It all comes yeah. back. John Mahoney. <laughs> Very underrated. Good uh, dog on that show too. Good dog on that oh, show. Yeah. Was a good dog on what that was show. the dog's name? Eddie. Is that right? I think you're right. I think it was. Nice. Niles. What a terrible name for a dog. I like Who asked you? I like dogs with <laughs> I like dogs with like regular dumb name. Like Frank is I think it would be a good name for Frank, a dog. Uh, Frank's a good dog name. Yeah. I don't know. Eddie? 
My dog's name is Bernie, so it's like I. I think that's a good dog name. What? I thought you were about to slip and call the dumb dog name. No. You named it. I will fight you so hard in the middle of the floor here for Bernie's honor. I love that dog. I will. I will burn Marley to the ground. Whoa! There is no need to bring Marley. Putting your dog on blast. But to your point, I, I work in the NASCAR building uptown, which is connected to the convention center ballroom. Yep. And several times uh, over the years, I've walked by <laughs> and seen the Panthers in there walking through plays, which is just the strangest thing ever, that they were in a convention center ballroom. Are there any other NFL teams in this situation that has their team practicing in the convention center? I, so be it. <laughs> I don't Beyond know. The it's AAF. ridiculous when you think about yeah, it. it. No, May it, it rest in peace. It's a billion-dollar organization, and they were literally taping down, taping the field at the convention center. And, like, uh, we were joking. I went to go see a convention center practice last year, and it was awesome. I was so glad I got to see one before they, they moved to this bubble. And, like... Polardi is like pretending to punt, and he's like, "I bet I could knock out a Scott like a light fixture up there." They can't throw the ball because they can't get any arc on it. Not well, the camp, they can't, camp could get it up there, but it was fine. Uh, oh. But it's like it's ridiculous. It's a two billion dollar organization, and they're in there like on carpet. Would it have been fun if they'd gone next door to the Hall of Fame and played on the ramp? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. How how like how far behind? Like I'm curious, like because you know it's 2019, but like, how far behind? Like how well. I think you have to break it out. I mean, the aspect of being in a convention center, yeah, that's, you know, 1954 or whatever. But, you know, not having this mega complex and headquarters, uh, more teams have them, but it's not as though you have 28 teams and there are four left without them. I mean, the ones that are out there that are the Eagles, the Broncos, we mentioned the Cowboys, the Vikings, you know, there are a handful of them, and it's definitely the way the league is going, but everybody does not have this set up yet. Yeah, and if you want to talk about these big things, and and I think a lot of people are excited for the Panthers to kind of move into this and make their headquarters better and their facilities better, but, like, you have to look at, if you're a fan, looking at this from a negative perspective is, like, you could probably kiss free training camps goodbye. You're probably going to have to pay $5 to go watch training camp practices. You probably are this the autograph line where you could stand outside a draft and get autographs as the players walk out to practice. That's probably gone too because well, everyone will be there. Too, well, that's what is it? Clutch now? That's correct. Gross. Um, <laughs> just all one word bars. They're the best. <laughs> uh, and so it's like this is as they like grow into this new new century of a new generation of what the Panthers are going to look like as a franchise and as an organization. I think some of these like fan-friendly small town things, the bad things like convention center are also going to go away with the good things. Like they go and they stay at Wofford and they're like, they're part of the Spartanburg community for 30 for a month in August. Right. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that's a very tricky balance as all of you know, from watching not just the Panthers, but all sports teams, you can see that this is very much now becoming a contemporary NFL franchise, which it really wasn't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in some ways, it was being run like a Denny's, uh, or Bojangles, uh, right? Or Bojangles. Uh, but but there is that aspect. Uh, Tepper has been now. Granted, he's in the honeymoon phase, but he's been very accessible. He's tried to be down to earth. I mean, I assume he is. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, none of us really know him. Sure. Uh, but but he seems like you know a, a guy who's not that out of touch for someone who is that wealthy. I mean, 
you know, this is just purely superficial observing him in a handful of situations. So uh, does he recognize that those kinds of things are the things that really, really irritate fans and can threaten some of those beloved revenue streams? Those will be interesting things to watch. Yeah, I think it's I think you're right. If honeymoon phase is totally the word for it. Like the first yeah. year of Ted, yeah. like every time he shows up at a tail at a roaring riot tailgate or every time he, you know, uh, tips his cap to the field guy who put the logo in the middle of the field, like all that stuff brings is, his dog to fan fest. Oh my god, by the way, it looks a lot like Bernie, if you ask me. And, and you know the for for people who may not have been here when the team originally arrived, I mean the Richardsons were very accessible in the beginning uh, when they went after the team and when the when the team got here. Now that changed pretty dramatically early on but but at first you know they, they were very accessible and for many years before certainly before the ugly end and the investigation and the sale and all that stuff uh, even just by riding around on that golf cart mm-hmm. on Sundays Jerry Richardson was able to maintain a, a pretty good reputation with at least a healthy segment of the fan base and then I think uh, by the end people were frustrated and they were mad about all kinds of things. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Honeymoon. Honeymoon yeah. is the key word today. How will would, we? Oh, go ahead. No, no. Will we get a better draft hat because of all this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, but that is the most important question for sure. I yeah. mean, I'm with you. Yeah. This, with you. The whole idea, though, with that, like the two states, one team, did that play any part in any of this? Or is this just a strictly Tepper, smart business kind of move? It probably played a little bit of a role. And I, I mean, I did think it was interesting that a lot of people, and I'm assuming maybe they're newer to this area, started saying, well, two states, one team, two states, one team. This is what David Tepper wants to do. Well, yeah, but uh, let's remember, Jerry Richardson, well, whatever you think of him, the two states, one team, that was the original group's motto. They played it out. I mean, they insisted on being in Spartanburg. Uh, they very much made this the Carolina Panthers, not the North Carolina Panthers, not the Charlotte Panthers. So I, I think they should get credit for that uh, because that was really what they spearheaded. But I, I think it was an easy combination, right? You've already got kind of that backdrop. You've got the, the nice motto. And then, by the way, South Carolina really, really would like to say they have an NFL team headquartered there. So it just mm-hmm. all worked out perfectly for them. Yeah, I, I think that the two states, one team thing is uh, is is a great motto, and especially if you look at it from a like a macro standpoint, the North Carolina and South Carolina together are like the biggest, one of the biggest markets in the NFL. So if you really, if you're trying to sell to, I don't know, like a major league soccer uh, company per. For example, hypothetically, of course, if you're trying to go and bring in a new team, you could say, look, we're, it's not just Charlotte. It's both Carolinas, yeah. two states, one team. We have the buy-in all across both states. That's why we have our team headquarters there. It just so happens they gave us a bunch of money. In yeah, if I can play the maester, the 108-year-old. So, the, I mean, that's really what sold the, the franchise. There was a, sport, a sports marketer named Max Mulliman who worked with Jerry Richardson, and he basically drew that radius and said – that very thing to the NFL is like, hey, don't uh, rule us out thinking that Charlotte's only this X many people. We're going to hit all of these people, and they're going to drive in, and they're going to watch. And so it is a market of two states. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I think that that it's a con- just like you said, it's a combination, right? I mean, like they, yeah, two states, one team. It works out good, but also tax benefits. Teppers didn't get the didn't get to be a billionaire like this. Uh, do you think that they can make this practice facility in the shape of a Panthers logo? 
Wow. I mean, that's such a big question. I would hate to just answer that impulsively off the we cuff. We should get an architect on here next, <laughs> yeah, we sh- next we week. Absolutely have I'll make architect. a phone call. Yeah, make a note of the Well, arc- w- let me ask you this. Uh, just that, So we draw on Panther's history fully. Would you rather have it in the shape of a Panther logo or an NFL shield? Mm. <laughs> I figured it would be the shape of a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. It might be. It depends on what kind of biscuits are oddly shaped. They can move those hey, things around. As long around. as I don't have to hear any Ted Nugent songs when the players take the field, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Mo Bamba songs. How many now. years how many years did Cat Scratch Fever play? Hey, Brown out. They're just playing it right now. It just, <laughs> yeah. just goes on the loop. I think is Ted Nugent did he just walk in <laughs> and just sing into the mic for a second and then walk back out? That was weird. Every game. Are they still playing it? I, I honestly can't remember. I, I do not know. I that. think it definitely gets played. At some, you can't go no to a Panthers a game without playing yeah, Cat Scratch I mean, Fever. When I when when I used to live in Denver and we would watch Panthers game on some TV, we would go to the jukebox, maybe sometimes after a yeah. big play or after a big win, and play Cat Scratch Fever with like $5 and play it as many times as $5 would buy <laughs> until they unplug the jukebox. If that does not clear a place out, really, what would? <laughs> yeah. the, the that's se- why it was a Panther's bar. Nobody else wanted that's to the be real, there. That's the real closing time song right there. <laughs> right. After One the s- more night and cat scratch <laughs> Yeah. Someone else walks in with a Broncos jersey on. They're like, where? What? Yeah. No. Did this, this song, I didn't realize this was this long. And then it's like, and then it just kicks back over. <laughs> It's great. It's good stuff. I liked it. Now, Eric, you mentioned the fact that we don't know David Tepper, and, and it, it, we've had the honeymoon phase. I, I go back to that introductory press conference and the, and the final question about the statue and how that was planned, and every and, he's, and it's looked great throughout this entire period, this entire year. But do you feel like a year later you've got a better grasp on kind of who he is? Because I like, I feel like I'm the guy that's standing over here being a jerk, going. We're living through the honeymoon phase, guys, but I, let's just be careful here. you know. But Well, I, I don't know if I have a better idea of who he is, but I will say this. The thing that struck me over and over again throughout this process is that things had gotten to such an unpleasant point that, by comparison, a hedge fund trader is like a teddy bear. I mean, what, what are the odds of that? You really – have to so basically, one of the one of the main characters from Billions, yeah, is the guy that we now are going wrapping our arms around. Here, this is great. He literally is yeah. like yeah. he did. He did crazy. Like burnt, bought his ex, his what is what was it like his ex wife's new mansion and burned it to the ground. Was that what he did? Something like that. There's there's a story that that you know what I'm gonna edit this whole part out. I'm not, going in, not going in there. I'm he's, sorry. He's well, not going to. Sorry, Dave. I, I, I will say this. You know, for the moment, you're right. We don't know him. It is the honeymoon. For the moment, he's done pretty much everything right. He has avoided stubbing his toe in any meaningful way. Uh, And I think that what's incredible about this story is that there were just so many little easy things that could be done that would ingratiate him with the fan base. Uh, Look at the logo at the field. I mean, like, how hard is that, right? (laughs) I mean, oh, what an idea. We're going to put the team logo on the field. But – Nobody had done it, obviously, and then they were able to kind of tease it and play it out on social media, and the fans were so happy. And so I think there are just a number of those kinds of things. A couple weeks ago, Cam Newton with his charity kickball game. 
they played it at Bank of America Stadium. Hey, what an idea. You know, it was stuck over at Memorial Stadium. No offense to Memorial Stadium, but shouldn't Cam Newton's charity event be at Bank of America Stadium? I never understood that. I was told by uh, by the Cam Newton Foundation that they raised the most money by far this year of any year that they've had the kickball foundation. So, so there you go. I mean, I just think there are a number of those things that they are just kind of checking off the list, and it's helping. And so when the inevitable – Bad day comes, whatever it is, having to get rid of a, a beloved player or coach or increase your concession prices or whatever it is, it makes it a little a little more palatable. Yeah, it's true. You do the good things so that when you do the bad things, when – I mean, like, honestly, he has already done those things. Yeah, he raised yeah. ticket prices. Right. They released – or didn't re-sign Thomas Davis when he wanted to play. Like, these are the kind of things that, that – Theoretically, an owner should get bashed for, but he hasn't because everybody's like, oh, well, you know, business. he's a good businessman. Uh, I like what he's doing. And, and it's kind of like I think a little bit of that is honeymoon, but I think it's also when you do these these good no-brainer things, then the, the bad ones go down smoother. And, of course, all of this is uh, building to – what happens with the stadium, and I don't want to... It's got great bones, Eric. It's got great bones. (laughs) Man, if you knew how many times I'd heard that phrase in my life. Uh, Yeah, but without uh, preempting... No, well, let's talk about it. No, let's go. That's exactly where we were going next. Yeah. you know, I think that what's going to happen is now that you have the agreement in place with South Carolina, they're going to get started, obviously, on... uh, the design and the construction and all that stuff. They'll be there in 2021 or 2022. I think that by the end of this upcoming season, the Panthers will have decided what they want to do, what direction they want to pursue, and I think it will become public probably this winter, and then we get to have a real family conversation. Now it's Thanksgiving, and everybody's sitting down talking about politics. And Uncle Tom is drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So even though it's the winter and it's actually past Thanksgiving, I think collectively for our community conversation, it's going to feel like Thanksgiving because, you know, that's where we get down to – Okay, what exactly is it are you that you're looking for and more importantly how much are mm-hmm. you looking for and how soon? So, we'll find out. Are we are, is the lease already is the, is the extended lease already done from the escalators? It is that- Ends. Well, I mean, the, this, the, esca- I the escalator renovation like that. Right. There, there it it ends this year okay. in terms of the oh god hard tether. Mm. Put that with the uh, stadium has good bones, uh, but but <laughs> I think that you know, really what this is boiled down to, that doesn't matter. What they're talking about is whether they can renovate to the extent of being able to bring in a lot of outside events or do they need to just go ahead and start building a new one because he clearly, he, Tepper, clearly wants Final Fours. He wants college football playoffs. He wants concerts. He wants all the things that this building just simply can't do. So does that mean the D word? I don't know if it means the D word or the R word. Uh, or, you know, there's been talk about uh, – he made that joke about the canopy. I hope that was a joke. I mean, I can't imagine that they really think that a canopy is going to bring a Final Four. That You know, they, they know that's not the case. So, uh, I guess the other option would be do you – you know, do you look at like a short-term renovation that helps you increase your revenue at least a little bit and then use that as a stopgap before you really get into planning the major stadium. But, look, if you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, I think at some point you're just going to kind of throw up your hands and say, well, why am I doing this? And even if some of it's public money, I mean, it's going to be public money one way or another, right, a portion of it. Why don't I just go ahead and build the whole thing? 
yeah, why don't you just knock it down like you did to the mansion that you purchased from your boss's ex-wife? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, that's all. Going, that's someone's been googling. That's my only. That's my only contribution. I, I'm curious. <laughs> Wasn't how listening. Much, I'm curious how much usable space. You know, you, op- you open the new facility. I wonder how much additional usable space there would be in the stadium as a result of of moving some of the yeah, that's stuff important. to Rock Hill. No, that, that's a, that's a very important point because they will take some of that space and use it for things that will make money. So, mm-hmm. will it be uh, you know seating bunkers or private clubs or? something that I'm just not thinking about, they'll definitely do that. So there is a benefit there as well, a short-term benefit there. And you may have noticed at the end of the season when David Tepper sat down with some of us, you know, he also took a few not-so-thinly-veiled shots at Jerry Richardson when he said, you know, team cafeteria is not big enough and we're going to have to put people out in the parking lot and the weight room's not right. And so, Wait a minute, the weight room's not right? <laughs> Wait, I thought I thought that was like the one thing they've been working on. <laughs> like, they, 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 they redecorate the walls every year. I, I swear <laughs> I see the pictures on social media. What was, the, what was the quote? Because I don't want to be unfair to him, but the quote, you know, it was something yeah. to the effect of we, they just don't have the competitive facilities they need, I think was the phrase. Yes. Yeah, uh, well, Flex Friday has to come from somewhere, so the cafeteria is not big enough. They have the weight room is big, so, so it's like go. that. Yeah, those two there things make there make sense. Go. So yes, uh, <laughs> it, it it is. Team fascin- store needs to be bigger. Yeah, I, I do find it fascinating that that we got to a point where Jerry Richardson, you know, was pre. I mean, it was the the only former player to become an owner, and then to at the, it feels like at the very end, like you know, there's a player's guy. You know, it was Jerry's guys. It was. And then it, we get to the end, and it's like the cafeteria is not good enough. The practice, like all the things that it feels like were exuded from this organization, as things that they did, taking care of, that really seemed to fall down. And I don't, I don't feel like it was that way the entire time. No, I don't think it was that way the entire time. And, and I think uh, some of it was just simply age. I mean, I think that you know he he was not in tune with the contemporary NFL in his later years. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's not unusual for. Uh, a businessman of any kind. I mean, I'm not forgiving or erasing it. I'm just saying that that's not shocking that that would happen. Uh, you know, I've also heard things like the with the the indoor practice that you know his view was that football was meant to be played outside, and obviously, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because the stadium is a natural grass field. It's outside. A lot of people love that. So you know, that was just part of his mentality. So. I think again, it just was a lot from a bygone era, and I, and I do think that the, the the outdoor games though are a part of the the, the experience because yeah. you look at what I would consider the, the arguably the greatest regular season game, the monsoon game in 2013 against the Saints. Like that, who cares if it's raining on the roof in that game? Yeah. Right. Drew Brees certainly doesn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. And, and there are, I mean, look, we, we all know watching NFL games sometimes, or a lot of times when they're Atlanta, New Orleans, wherever, you know, it just feels like they're in a mall. You know, it's just That's because like they're it, piping in the music. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. It's always one more night, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but it, it just, you know, there's, the, there's that dome hum uh, that's just kind of – the, the, the lights, me. yeah, the, the lights, lights have an audible. Uh, you know, it's not to say that it can't work and fans aren't happy, but I think there is something to having a football game outside. I, I agree. I personally, if I was building a stadium, I would have it outside. And I think there's also something to be said for there are certain owners, and I don't think that David Tepper is one of them. There are certain owners, I think, that like that idea of having an older classic stadium because, like, the oldest stadiums in the NFL, of which 
Bank of America Stadium is like right there. Yeah. It's like one of the eight oldest stadiums in the NFL. Yeah. But it's always going to stay there Lambeau. because it's like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like Lambeau is not going anywhere. Soldier Field is not going anywhere. Arrowhead's not going anywhere. Like these these iconic stadiums, they're only iconic because the team let them get iconic. Yeah. Arrowhead was not that cool 30 years ago, but yeah. it is now because it has that that cachet. Well, yeah. And also remember that particularly with those three stadiums, they're iconic, and they have all that history, but they're essentially new stadiums. That's, and I'm not taking anything away mm-hmm. from them, but they put – I mean, Green Bay, like, I, there might be, you know, one brick that's left from the original. Uh, they've done so, – they spent so much money. But, you know, it's great because people can still say, I'm going in Lambeau Field, and it does have that classic look and feel to it, and they're still playing outside. Uh, Soldier Field, obviously, they put a ton of money in. So – who knows? Maybe uh, with architects and designers, somebody says to David Tepper, you know, if you really love this, uh, there are all kinds of things we can do with hundreds of millions of dollars that would allow you to keep this and still have the latest and greatest. But uh, the problem remains, you're going to need a roof to do Final Fours and things like that. And if that's as important as it seems to be to him, uh, you know, I can't imagine they're going to try and put a roof on top of that thing. I mean, it'd just yeah. be so unwieldy and clunky. So, you know, so it seems determined. seems like your your thought is that a new stadium for the Panthers is inevitable. And obviously, yeah, like... very much so. Okay. Very much so. I mean, it's 25... Like you said, it's already in the, you know, the what, the, the bottom quarter in terms of age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't imagine that they're not going to look at a new stadium within 10 years, if not... You know, it could, it could be, again, like I said, it could be February. But uh, I think certainly within the next decade, they're going to be in a new home. Now, to alleviate the fears of people who just uh, may have crashed their cars on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm wrong all the time. No, no, so no. Don't trust but, me. <laughs> but Charlotte, though, right? I mean, like, there, yeah, there, there yeah. isn't a thought of, like, this whole two states, one team. I think a lot of people, that that is the big worry. Not necessarily that their practice facilities in Rock Hill right now, which, by the way, if you live in, like, Kansas, and you see that the Panthers are now going to have their their practice facility in another state, you're like, oh, my God, what's going – what? Yeah, right. But right. in reality, Rock Hill is just a suburb of Charlotte. Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever. Who cares? How did uh, the Redskins get to Virginia? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like the – but I think a lot of people fear. They say this is the first step in, okay, they move the practice facility to Rock Hill, and then next time when they want a stadium, they're playing it in – uh, Anderson, which is probably where they would go, right? Uh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, it was either Anderson or where else? Greer was on the list. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, that's Greer yeah, was on yeah, the list. Or Verena. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah, I could certainly see why people could draw that conclusion. Look, I don't rule anything out in sports because it's always about money. That's always my answer, money and television. But um, – I think if I'm a Panther fan, I would actually take a lot of encouragement from this move because, first of all, they're investing a couple hundred million dollars right here in the Carolinas. That means he's not thinking about taking them to Portland or wherever. So that's that's the first part. The second part is he said over and over, and he has no mo- motivation to do so. He ha- There's no need for him to say this stadium is exactly where it needs to be. I mean, he could just – no one's asked him – really point blank, is this the right address? I mean, we've all asked, like, what's going to happen with the stadium, but he has specifically said that over and over, that he likes it where it is. So I just don't see them moving out of Charlotte. Now, what could make them move maybe to South Carolina? 
uh, still in the Charlotte area would be something like tax benefits. Yeah. Uh, well, well, if city government and, and other governments just say, you know what, you're on your own. We're not doing a thing. We all know that's not going to happen. But, you know, if it did, then maybe, maybe so. But still, remember, their headquarters are going to be right there. They're not leaving the Charlotte metro area. I don't even think they're leaving their zip code. Yeah, And the even the short move like that, though, can prove problematic, as you just mentioned with Washington. I mean, they've got a half-full stadium. And, you know, nobody. one of the storied franchises is because – of all the different reasons that going to the stadium stinks, the whole all uh, yeah. all myriad of rules. I, I do. You just mentioned the zip code thing. We witnessed what the Hornets were on Tyvola, and that area is going to blow up one of these days. It's the Jocks and Jills is going to be right in the middle <laughs> of just a huge. Just it, it's just going to be. You're going to be like, man, remember before Tyvola blew up? Yeah. Um, that the, is the I, watch site for um, North Dakota State football, <laughs> yeah. by the way. And that is not a lie. That is a wow. true statement. If, wow. you're a, if you're a bison listening in, yeah, head that, on over to Jocks and Jills. That's they got good sliders. I, I do think <laughs> – I, I and save. I, I want this stadium to stay up – I want the stadium to stay uptown. But how realistic is that if you're replacing the stadium? Is that – well, there's a there's a big patch of land uh, not not too far away. I think you know a couple of things you mentioned. First of all, there are few, if any, in and out of an NFL stadium as easy and manageable as Charlotte is. So that's important. Uh, the mass transit getting you there is important. The growing uptown population with people with disposable income is important. So I don't see much motivation to go beyond uptown i think that the other thing you mentioned that is going to be quite interesting let's assume that they do say you know what we need a new stadium we need it soon five six seven whatever years uh it'll be really interesting to see in terms of design because it's changing so quickly in sports and less is more in numerous cases and you look at baseball football all the major sports because you want to have fewer seats and obviously higher price seats uh so there's no way they would build 74, 75,000 seats again. I don't know what the number is. I don't know if it's 60,000 or 62,000, but all those things are going to be really interesting to watch if that's the direction they decide to go in. And, and I would say if they decide to keep this, let's say they come up with some plan where they keep this for 15 or 20 years, uh, they're probably going to tear seats out. and They'll make it into a group area or something. I just don't think they're good. 75,000 seats is just not where it is anymore. Yeah, well, they already sent that. They sent that email asking yeah. for for it, for how fans would react when they inevitably do these things because they're not. They don't send out a thing that says, "Would you be interested in a party deck?" And they're like, "Well, nobody said yes, so I guess we won't do it." <laughs> they're gonna do a party deck. Yeah. They just wanted to see if 100% of people said no, which I'm sure they didn't. I know I said yes because why not? Party deck sounds fun. Uh, it, it, like all that stuff, the party deck, the group seating, the more luxury, but the on-field suites, like these yeah. things that you see at other stadiums. And when you go to these other stadiums, you go to Atlanta or um, – it is Atlanta. Atlanta has literally suites that are field level mm-hmm. that have a little patio that's on the sideline. So during warm-ups, you walk out onto the patio and you're like sipping your Bud Light or whatever Mercedes-Benz is sponsored by – and watching Matt Ryan throw in completions. Right. Like, that's that's what's happening. I, so I mean, it's, that's what it's all about is, like, this, you know, sort of one-of-a-kind experience yep. and being able to take the selfie and mm-hmm. look at the seats I've got and look, this is – I could not get this at home with my 65-inch TV. Yeah. That's 
what everybody is aiming for. And so I think you're exactly right. That's what they would do or will do in some configuration, whether it's at this stadium or a new stadium. If you think that the Panthers will not be having a tailgate pregame party inside of their new brand new practice bubble starting in 2019 – you're only correct because they're going to do it in 2020 because they didn't finish the practice bubble on time. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. Just real quickly, uh, don't forget that you have, what, eight, nine acres with these practice fields. The city is going to turn those – that's city-owned land. The city is going to turn those over to the Panthers and say, what kind of wonderland would you like to build here for your pregame or whatever it is, uh, you know, restaurants that are open during the week, so on and so forth. So, yeah, there are a lot of changes on the way. Yeah. You made a mention earlier about MLS, and you said, yes, it is going to happen. You think this, this has happened. It's inevitable. I, I mean, I just don't see how – how are they going to say no to a guy who's worth $12 billion and owns an NFL team? I, I just would be – I mean, again, never say never, but I thought it was really interesting. So the MLS came out and said, we're going to award teams 28 and 29, which are St. Louis and Sacramento, we think, uh, and then we'll hold out one more spot. By the way, the MLS, you know, them limiting the number of franchises is kind of like Michael Jordan retiring. It's like, oh, well, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I mean, they were going to stop at 22 and 24 and 26 and 30. But anyway, uh, I just don't see how they're going to look at that and say, no, we don't want this guy in our club. Well, we, we talked about it before. It feels like MLS wanted Charlotte to the point that it seemed like a thrown-together bid that's maybe centered on Memorial Stadium, which isn't suited for Cam Newton's kickball tournament. <laughs> but they were still like, in the mix. And yeah. that was with, you know, you know a patch together, kind of last-minute kind of well, pitch. Well, but remember, part of the deal hinged on – building a new soccer stadium on that site, which I think it would be a great site. It's actually, a beautiful view. Uh, beautiful views. From and, and now they're going Seriously. to renovate. No, you're right. I, I yeah. I mean, it. and it's now they're going to renovate Memorial stadium and use it, I guess for a little while for the independence and then all the high school sports and those kinds of things. Um, Here's one just to throw it out because in Charlotte we always have to do this. We always say, is it five years or ten years before Major League Baseball? It's either five or ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, well, they can well, expand what, uh, Knight Stadium. I don't know if you've that, heard. That would Wait. be – if they, if it ever did happen, that would be a perfect spot for it. Memorial, that Memorial Stadium site would be perfect. I'm perfect. trying to remember the name. Who, who, in the, 2070. The guy whose name would pop up every time <laughs> baseball. And he would, he would Jerry. go oh, – Jerry. Jerry. Oh, oh God! Man. Yep. I, oh, I to, thought it was Felix Sabatis. I used to no, call, no. like he was Jerry always involved all the time. Yes. <laughs> Every time it'd be the story, and then the next day, yes. here comes Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry was going to bring us the Marlins, and I don't remember who else. I think there were a number. The, of teams. I think the Rays were involved the Rays, at one time. Yeah. I, I feel like the Astros might have been like thrown in there, like every now and then. Every Why now not? and then, when they were really bad, yeah, they were horrible. The, the, the Twins yeah, the, were probably yeah. talked about it. Oh, remember yeah. the Twins were going to go to Kernersville. Do y'all remember when that was going on? Oh, this was a serious bid. Like in the late 90s, and the Twins were in such bad shape that it was semi-plausible that they might move to the triad if they would build them a stadium. But Jerry Reese. Jerry, Jerry Reese. Reese. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Jerry Rice, and I was like, nope, that's definitely that's not, not it. Don't say that, Nikki. <laughs> Nikki don't say that. You talk to yourself, don't say that. Don't just say that. But that was a very long answer to yes, I think MLS will be here, and I think they'll be here probably in five to eight years. Can I ask this? And maybe I'm just kind of like asking a dumb question. Um, like what – why bring an MLS team? Like, what's the advantage of bringing an MLS team? I get, okay, so bringing an NFL team, obviously there's cachet, there's 32 of them, whatever. Same thing, I think, with baseball. Like, the, is it strictly the cachet of having M an MLS team? Because I don't think there is that much. Is it? Is there a, that much of a financial boon 
to bringing a major league soccer team to a city? Well, I think there are a couple of things. I think, first of all, uh, when you get into this class of people, it's fun to have toys, right? And the more toys, the better. So that would be just the first thing. But the second thing is when you have your own stadium, and he obviously owns Bank of America Stadium, and I'm wagering that if they have a new stadium, they'll own that one as well. Uh, If you don't have to pay rent, now you're just bringing in extra money and bringing in extra people, and you're using the stadium. It's not just sitting there. I mean, look, this stadium has been open, is it 23 years now, 24 years, whatever it is? And you could almost count on a couple of hands. What's 24 times 8? However many. Right, that's right. how many events yeah, there yeah, have been. I mean, well, 10 to preseason, so you know, I apologize. Billy, Billy Graham's been there. Billy, had, yeah. Billy Graham, two concerts. Who is it? Uh, it's Kenny Chesney. Rolling, and Rolling Stones. Stones, right? Yep. I mean, there just hasn't been. And the been. Gold Cup, which was, which was right. part of the exchange right. for the. Yeah, the, and now you've had some more soccer. But uh, his idea is clearly, I'm going to take this stadium and I'm going to fill it as many days as possible. And if you look at the Steelers, obviously he was a minority owner of the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers always – were an instant debunking of the Panthers. Like, we you know, we just don't have enough time, and this will mess up the field. They play on a grass field. They've had concert after concert after concert. They've had the Winter Classic. So you can see what direction he's going in. Yeah. I, I think they played high school championships even, like the night before a, a Steelers game and messed up the, messed up the field. <laughs> I mean, they, they pack them in. I went to a really good uh, Dave Matthews concert at Three Rivers Stadium, in case you guys are curious. Oh, so that's, uh, that's also see? in Pittsburgh. By the way, Three Rivers, the ashtray uh, era of stadiums. <laughs> say, is there Riverfront, Riverfront, Veterans for Philly, and Three Rivers. Please don't leave out Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Was it the exact, the, yeah, but I, weren't those three like the yeah. exact same? I think same? Frank Lloyd Wright designed all of those. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful facility. Absolutely. Mark Shot really wanted the ashtray shaped uh, <laughs> stadium. That's what she was going for. That's, I feel like there are jokes that we should probably just steer away from Mark Shot pretty quickly. Yes. <laughs> Mark Shot, run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to sum it up, if you're just tuning in for some reason, the one day <laughs> contract. Jump Panthers. into 55 minutes into the show. <laughs> Did you just flip over your radio? You yeah. never know. You never know. Panthers, they're not going anywhere. They're here. Um, let's talk about OTAs. Underway. Biggest storylines, Josh, you were there this morning. I wasn't. So Mia is only allowed to go one day uh, per week. So Got tomorrow it. is our day, and we will we missed that on our shot. See Mo's Frazier. So he is uh, probably going to go on IR. I like Mo's, but now there are only seven wide receivers that could possibly make the roster. Uh, I think, obviously, when you read inevitably – Tomorrow, this is going to come out tomorrow morning. When you read this afternoon that Cam Newton is not throwing at OTAs, and what does this mean? It doesn't mean a darn thing. He wasn't really scheduled to to throw in OTAs. He's going to th- like if he's going to if he's not throwing in August, that's when you should start to worry. But the first day of OTAs is not the day for you to worry. I, I think that maybe he he might. You know, we'll see how his rehab is going. Obviously, the whole season kind of rests on the shoulder of Cam Newton. If he goes out there and he's throwing 60-yard bombs, that's something you should be excited about. But if he's not throwing tomorrow, I don't think that's something that you should be necessarily worried about. So are you saying that Memorial Day is too early to panic about the 2019 season? <laughs> but the, the game that they're playing on Sunday is going to be rough, I'm telling you. When people people say, I mean, that's the thing is we're in May. We're, we're recording a Panthers podcast in May, so we can't really talk. Uh, okay. Thank you all for listening. Um, <laughs> So, but it's like... Do the one more night. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just play it underneath all this stuff. 
but it's like you know there you can there are questions that you can start to answer, but uh, there's still a ton of questions that you know. Last year at this time, we thought. Uh, I mean, we thought Taylor Moten. We were complaining about how Taylor Moten wasn't going to get his chance. Complaining about how. Uh, I don't even remember what, what we were talking about last Complaining year. Complaining about time. something. Oh, we were talking about <laughs> C.J. Anderson and Christian McCaffrey were going to split carries 50-50. Remember? Like, that was a real thing that we yeah. talked about right Nailed now it. a year ago. Nailed yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. So it's like it, it, you have to kind of breathe your way into this stuff. And I think that this is a nice chance for us to see uh, a little bit of what, they're, what they look like maybe with this new 3-4 hybrid defense. What – some of the rookies look like, whether they look like NFL players. But as long as nobody gets hurt, aside from most Frazier, sorry, uh, I think that's a successful OTA period. What kind of key storylines should people be looking at? I think you can you want to see like uh, offensive line, like what like who's playing because in reality you're looking at the two biggest signings, Daryl Williams and Matt Paradis, were both had huge injuries last year. So Paradis missed the last nine games of the year. Williams obviously missed almost the entire season. So if they're out there hitting the sled, that's good news. That, that to me is more of who's out there, what are they doing, and less of like, well, you know, um, Taylor Moten was, took some reps at left guard with the first team. Like, it's May. It's like that kind of stuff doesn't matter. Did y'all get into the fact that Rivera named Will Greer the starting quarterback? Oh, my God. I missed oh, the – I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset anyone if you're just joining us late. I missed the Twitter. <laughs> oh, Someone just had a heart attack. <laughs> I didn't I, – uh, The I, Tulsa Panthers <laughs> will start Will Greer. Some WVU alum is like, I've been telling you guys this for weeks. Finally, my if day has come. Cam would work on his footwork – you see, he started the season there last year, so he's going to start. Oh, never mind. Yeah. That's right. And if Same you want to talk about it, text WFNZ. They would <laughs> love to hear yep. your opinions on start this. Start your text with hey, and uh, it'll be fine. Other storylines to follow during OTAs. I think Josh is trying to horn in on my Terry Godwin corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was reading on the Riot Report, saw a lot of references, heard a lot of references you were making to Terry Godwin. It's okay. Welcome to the team. Big Godwin guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you told me nobody mattered. And I said, well, what about this seventh rounder, Terry Godwin? You gave me a crazy look. And then this <laughs> week I see you writing a lot about Terry Godwin. I'm just saying. Just saying. Hey. Josh comments. Uh you know, I have my Godwin guy T-shirt underneath, <laughs> his, underneath his polo, and his um, game of Godwin T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> actually, I'm just gonna make a quick note, <laughs> edit this part out, hit the merch store on Monday for that game of Godwin shirts. Um, I, I do think it, it will be interesting. They do have a ton of wide receivers, and it does seem like if we're if you're gonna make wild gesticulations and wild kind of guesses. When they sign a guy like Aldrick Robinson, who has a lot of duplicate skills to the guys that are on their roster and is making a lot less money than Torrey Smith, it kind of seems like maybe they're – I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but maybe they're thinking like, okay, well, maybe we can go through a few weeks of practice, see how fast Robinson picks this up, see what kind of replacement he could be, and – what his veteran presence is like, and then we can kind of make our decision from there. But I don't. I think people that were clamoring for Torrey Smith to be cut three months ago, like they're not going to. They have no reason to do it. Yeah, they would. Well, they they would have had to want to spend that money, and if they weren't going to spend that money, there's no there's no gain. There's no timeline where you, it benefits you more or less to do it, unless yeah. you were going to spend that money. So I, they obviously didn't feel like at any point they were going to spend that money. So he remains. Yeah, I, I think it's a. 
you're absolutely right. They they didn't have plans for whoever they want to sign. If they want to sign a safety, which I still think that they do, they know that these guys are going to be available in a month. So it's not necessarily that they need to go out and they needed to go and sign Trey Boston a month ago. He's still out there. Morgan Burnett is still available. Like these guys are not being scooped up. Hell, you could sign Kirk Coleman back and he can take his old locker. Like the, like these guys are still, Mike Adams is still available. Like the, there are, there are safeties still out there. So I think they want to see what they look like. Don't forget. They've been practicing for two weeks, but they haven't really been doing anything. Like the coaches can't really get out there until today. So today marks the start of phase two of off season OTAs, which means that they can get a little bit more in depth but they're still running around in shorts and jerseys and helmets. So it's not like they're really hitting each other. It's hard to tell. I, I will tell you right now, if you're going to be reading my Twitter feed, looking for insights on Greg Little, I can only tell you that he will be there or not be there. Like those are the only two things. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like practice at the convention center. Yeah. So, so you're just taking attendance. Is that what you're doing? Pretty <laughs> much. It has a lot to do. We, we, Everybody's I, here. Okay. Get my little roster and I cross off all the numbers and I'm good to go. <laughs> Make sure nobody doesn't show up. I also think a lot of things, if we're if we're talking about like storylines, safety is like the big question mark to me. The bigger question mark is nickel corner. Mm-hmm. They don't. They have three guys that I think four guys kind of that they that they might play there. Kevon Seymour, Corn Elder, uh, Rashawn Galden, and I think Ross Cockrell to me doesn't really seem like a nickel corner, but I, I'm not a coach. You know what the difference between the safety need and the nickel corner need is? The nickel corner need. The answer is on the roster. Mm. I feel like, should we just the end safety. the show? Should we just end the show? What are, I, it's funny <laughs> because for we, in. Yeah, you have safety and you have nickel corner, one position which they've not invested in over a decade, and the other one which they apparently just aren't getting right. Because nickel corner they have invested in in terms of draft capital and bringing mm. guys in over and over over the last couple of years. And then bringing them back. And then bringing them back, yep. typically after they got injured, and this is going to be the year <laughs> that they're going to be better. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, and yet no. it's still listed here underneath. It's still listed <laughs> right here, clearly underneath. Vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. And I think this is a perfect time to. We had a request Uh-oh. on Twitter from somebody that was like, "How come we haven't heard Colin talk about the Hornets?" So I'm going to start the clock. And Colin, put it on. If you want to fast okay. forward, we'll be back. In. We'll be back in three <laughs> minutes. Three minutes, start the clock. Three minutes. The reason this is timely and relevant is because we just had the lottery. And if there's one time when you should be able to talk about the Hornets, it's, it's, it's around NBA draft lottery time. Um, but they have officially become the most irrelevant team in the NBA. Somehow, with the greatest of all time, at the, uh, as owner, this team still finds themselves just painfully irrelevant. Since Michael Jordan took over in 2006, and granted, he, did, he was head of basketball operations, no one scored fewer points than this team. They're 25th in wins. They've never won the division. They finished third, fourth, or fifth in the division pretty much every single year. And now we had the Hornets 30 celebration. And, the, and, and we have these great moments. We have great moments from the, from the history. Great players, Jamal Mashburn, Glenn Rice, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell, guys that have played and had meaningful games for this organization. How many new moments, other than the Zoe shot, did they choose to celebrate during the Hornets' 30 celebration? The answer would be zero. Honestly, it was the first year, and, and it was Zoe's shot still. And that shot, guys, that shot is a lie. It is an absolute lie. They were up by 17 points entering the fourth quarter against a 
corpse of a Celtics team that they needed Zoe to bail them out at the last possible second. And this is the moment we celebrate, beating a corpse, beating a team that was no longer near what they were. They, they, they didn't bring back any of these great moments. It, they picked their favorites, and then we watched the lottery, and you have to watch Alonzo Mourning, one of the three greatest players in franchise history, sitting right next to our coach whilst he represents a team he actually likes, which, by the way, was the team that he forced his way to after only four years, and yet still he gets voted higher than Kimball Walker as the greatest Hornet of all time, who, by the way, is a free agent this year. He's the greatest player this new franchise has had. He's a free agent, and he gets voted fourth behind a guy that wanted nothing more than to get out of this city. And then you have one national televised game this entire season, which, by the way, they finished second in the division, the best finish they've ever had under Michael Jordan. And they have one nationally televised game, potentially Kimba's last home playoff game, and who's not there? Who didn't show up? Michael Jordan, I've defended MJ longer than most. He is the greatest player of all time. He's my favorite player of all time. But I'm now ready for him to sell to Dave Tepper or to his Dave Tepper or to whomever. I, I'm not going to disparage him. I'm not going to rip him. I just want him to sell to somebody that's going to hire people that, they, that he hasn't known since 1984 to run a, a, a pro sports franchise in 2019. There you go. Congrats. Congrats. That was absolutely spectacular. <laughs> really just <sighs> I mean that it it it's, it doesn't make sense how you can have the greatest All right, of your all 3 time minutes are up. And become the they are Josh, they're the most irrelevant team in the NBA. Period dot. Yeah. It's not close. No, of course. And yet and yet people will say no. Things are fine. Were we on things the show fine. last year when I said they had the worst roster in the NFL or in the NBA? And you were like, no, well, they got some pieces. And was that, was that on the show? And did no? I not say, did I not say during my three minutes where you were drinking the entire time, not listening to me, did I not say that I defended him longer than most? Yeah. That's, that's my point. I did, no, the, I'm the last one. I'm the last guy that was defending MJ, and, and now I have given up. When the, the newest Game of Zones episode, <laughs> did, did you even notice that the Hornets, they had all the lottery teams there. The Hornets are in the corner. It, it's apparently supposed to be Frank Kaminsky, and, and all he does is make a cameo. Irrelevant, completely irrelevant. And if Kemba walks out the door, if they don't get anything for Kemba Walker, it's going to be one of the most embarrassing. It is. It will be worse than Kwame Brown. It'll be worse than Kwame Brown. And we're over I, our three minutes. I wrote down who is MJ's David Tepper because that's the greatest thing. Mm. And we're going to find someone to answer that question. I don't know what show they'll be on. I was hoping that you wrote down who – now, who is MJ? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jane from Spider-Man? <laughs> it's a shame. It's just a shame. Should we play a game? We'll play a quick game. game. <laughs> play a pl- quick game, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. Um, also, because I'm Colin may a, have um, to go to the, the I'm hospital. I'm drinking a natural light, natterday, strawberry lemonade right now. How is it? Scale of one to um, scale. <laughs> one to two. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, mm. uh, you want to try it? I'll, I'll give it. Oh, gosh. Have it has flamingos sip. on the can, which I, I enjoy the can. I'm it's definitely resetting the counter when I, I take a first sip of Natty Light in a while. <laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah, you've got uh, there's there's. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, was, it's not poison. It's it's not great. Uh, so we're going to play a game called eBay Fun Time. Um, one of my favorite games. 
it is I have selected um four eBay items, but we're only gonna play with three. And um the first one and then I'll give you a choice out of two out of three, but you don't get a choice on this one. This it's one clear as mud. Let's go. Uh, what I'm going <laughs> to do is four, gonna... there's three. I'm going to give you one, and then you get two, and then you carry the other yeah, remainder. It's like the catch rule. I got <laughs> yeah, I've I've found four Carolina Panthers items on electronicbay.com. <laughs> where, <laughs> and I'm going to read you the description. I'll show you the pictures. I'll put the pictures in the show notes. And you're going to try to guess what the prices are. That's on the internet. (laughs) Uh, This first item up for bid is a vintage Carolina Panthers Logo 7 Windbreaker Men's Extra Large, so size counts, uh, 1993 black and white and gray jacket. The description is very cool windbreaker. Did you say 1993? 1993 was the first year the Panthers were a team. That is the entire description. That's, so, that, that's before they're playing. That's, that's just when, that's, they have a franchise. Yeah, now it's just Panthermonium. If you want to look here, it does look it does look oh. a bit used. Oh, wow. yeah. Now I feel like if you are listening at home and you just heard the mm. explosive nature of that O, you are you are scrambling to your phone to re- to look at this picture. It so you look- get a close up of the logo here, logo seven. And nice, then there's the back nice zipper, though. Yeah, it's a really nice. The zip it does have a zipper, so um, it looks like wow. you're taking it off. It looks like you have a white shirt over your black jacket, and you're taking it off. It looks like almost like a pre, like yeah, they're pre Cam yeah. Newton Superman. How much you can? You're ready to wait tables in any environment. How much will you will you purchase? <laughs> now, just to be clear, the condition is used, so I just want that to be out there. Is, uh, was this ever worn by Frank Reich? Mm. <laughs> Barry, it was Barry Foster, I believe. Yeah, Barry. <laughs> I believe he asked to be buried in it. Um, <laughs> he was. What <laughs> about the second week of the preseason? What, oh, oh, oh man. man, yikes! What will you give me? Buy it now for this vintage Carolina Panthers logo seven. Jersey. I have to think this is a this is like a first edition. Ninety three. Yeah. It's got to be a first edition. I yeah. feel like that boost. Nineteen ninety three was the first year they were a yeah. team, according well, to the description. I, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it, it adds some value. Like this is a ninety seven. I feel it's like like it, you're it, buying a Christmas Carol manuscript. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to say seventy dollars. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I was going to say like thirty. You, look, I, you could be I, ju- you could be way that's more my right than I am. Life with everything is just divide by pi. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> the economic impact is one billion divided by pi. Um, As a business expert, yeah, of I'm, the Charlotte region, yeah. when you if you do if you are incorrect, you're probably yeah. like you may not have a job it's tomorrow a, when a, you wake up. As a man I mean, yeah. that has uh, mostly Logo Seven in this closet, yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. Logo Seven's been a staple for many years. Uh, I'm going to go. You said thirty, and you 30. said. 70. Oh, I will go. He's going to split the difference. No, I'm going to go. <laughs> 31. 30. <laughs> <laughs> price is right rule. Price is right. It is price is right rules. I did not. I, I just decided that right now. $22. Mm, $22. Unfortunately, according to price is right rules, you are all eliminated because Whoa. the correct answer, this jacket can be yours for twelve dollars and ninety five cents. Steal bid now. Wow. Yeah. Steal. So uh, also, if you're listening, probably it's not available because Colin bought it. Um, <laughs> I will give you the choice, uh, and and this seven. is just the overall um, the overall category. You can uh, choose between leggings, 
or socks? Leggings <laughs> or socks? Which one you'd this like is, to play this for? This sounds like next. a Nikki decision. We'll let Nikki choose. Ooh, I like that. Oh, That's leggings. Fun. That gives me an advantage. All right. Like. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So these are some <laughs> Carolina <laughs> Panthers leggings. You're I'm available in wrong. multiple sizes, leggings small through extra large. It's a football <laughs> fan gift that's right there in the title. And uh, these are brand new in plastic. No tags are attached to these. Women's Carolina Panthers leggings. These leggings do run about a size small. Then we have some sizing guidelines. Uh, they're a polyamide spandex blend. And for best care, you're going to want to hand wash these. Uh, smoke-free, pet-free storage, and they ship within one business day of payment, including Saturday. And these, <laughs> how much will you give me for these leggings? Any size, small through extra large. I know I, I get it's an audio medium, but it's wow. like – now, that, let, check out the pictures. We got some side view here. Holy Toledo. I'm just going to say, ladies, if you have a Panther fan in your life and you're trying to set the mood, these, right Panther, these Panther leggings are going to do the trick. Right now, I'm gonna go, now, I'm going to go the other way, and do I'm going to say, gentlemen, meow. if you're looking at a <laughs> – damn it. I'm sorry for stepping on that joke. <laughs> if you're looking at a gift for your lady friend, these are not it. Don't buy these for your girlfriend or wife. It'll be the last gift. Yeah. Uh, do we have any idea what era these? Uh, these are new in plastic, oh, so I so I do right. not. Uh, I would cool. imagine they're from the modern era. I, do you want to take I, another look? Yeah, I, I should have recognized these. Right, yeah, there's the full shot. Nature. Also, Cam this. Cam Newton number one down on the bottom there. So. No, it's ten. Oh, no, it's, so it's ten. One, it's oh, is it one ten? and a zero? No, I think it's a zero one. I think it's zero. Yeah, Cam. It's a backwards ten. I see where that's. <laughs> it's the, Cur- the Curtis Samuel if you're looking from the ground up. Depending which way you want to go. How much will you give me for these Carolina Panthers leggings, Ooh. small X through XXL football fan gift? Let me start the bidding on this one. Absolutely. Do it. I'm going to say because it's a contemporary fashion product, mm-hmm. and I know that Roger Goodell and, and the owners are all very generous people, I'm going to say $79.95. Wow. Whoa. They wow. are officially licensed. They yeah. are very clearly officially licensed. Yeah. They, said, they yeah. let you know right off the bat. It has Again, a lot of Carolina Panthers. Divide by pie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say $59.99. I was going to say $39.99. Well, in the parlance of – Price is right. You are all Whoa. over again because these Carolina Panthers leggings can be yours for your lady for $17.99, wow. and they will ship them to you on Saturday. So go ahead and order them. They're out wow. there. They're new in plastic. Now, the steal. last one is <laughs> – the last one, uh, I had a lot of trouble because there are a lot of these out there. This is a – Dwayne Jarrett, Carolina Panthers signed eight by ten photo, uh, an auction for so it is so you will have to bid on this guy uh, for an autographed eight by ten Carolina Panthers photo of Dwayne Jarrett. He signed this photo for me in person and used a black sharpie. Did he uh, spell his name right? Uh, that I cannot guarantee. Okay. We're gonna get we're gonna take a look at it. Um, the shipping is six dollars. I only accept PayPal, so take that into account. Uh, also, I use two to three wait, day wait, shipping wait. services. Shipping is six dollars. How big is this photo? I thought you said it was eight by ten. It's eight. Well, it, well he just, he just delivers it to your house. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> that's what he does it's, now. It, if you look at this seller, it's D. Jarrett. <laughs> is it packed in sealed air? Yeah. He will also unload your dishwasher. 
you guys, and mow your grass. And I should tell you that in the description, he does let you know that this autograph photo will pass any DNA test 100%. So, what does that hey, even DNA mean? test. That's what hey, he's, hey, he's what? letting you know. He is letting you know. Is that the last what? Mission Impossible movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So for this Dwayne Jarrett autograph picture, make, making what we can assume is a drop uh, <laughs> with what I think is that Ty Law in the background, maybe yeah, Hall of Famer. Ty yeah, Hall of Famer that, Ty that, Law in is the that background. Be a preseason game? Is that what that Did is? you uh, Photoshop this? Like, no, that is real, baby. That is that is, is real. Keyshawn that is in this photo. That is no, Dwayne no. Jarrett with a nice autograph right there on the sweet spot. You got the eighty there. How much are you going to give me for this Dwayne Jarrett autographed photo, eight by ten, that will pass any DNA test, one hundred percent? Do I add the shipping in with my? You finger? do not. Thank the you, shipping bro. does oh, not include. Shipping is not included. Great question. Key question. Nikki, you're up first. Because <laughs> I was like, bid carefully, five bid plus wisely. Six is eleven. <laughs> ten bucks. Mm, okay, fair enough. There's someone that went to USC that he went to USC, right? He yes, does, he and I did, and yes, I did. left this out for no reason. So I don't know. You can amend your bid. It does say USC in the title of the. Oh, listing. that changes so, everything. Yeah, exactly. So that if you're a big, su- if you're a big Southern Cal fan. Oh, I thought you meant game. Oh, <laughs> don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Eric, uh, let's see. I will say. I will say twenty dollars. Mm. Wow. Nine ninety nine. You really screwed yourself. So it's either nine ninety nine or ten. <laughs> if it's not nine ninety nine, you're in trouble. You would be bad on the prices. Uh, right? Yeah, um, I'll be bad at listening to you when you bid on a joint photo. That's probably what I would actually be bad at. <laughs> Luckily for you, the winner is Eric Spanberg oh, because there. this Dwayne Jarrett Carolina Panthers signed eight by ten photo USC Trojans. Is available for twenty five dollars. Go Gamecocks! I mean, you said Trojans. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Also, no bids so far. Yeah. So keep that in mind. See, so. I've been in Columbia so much, I can only see. There play. you go. Yeah. You've been yeah. brainwashed. Yeah. All right, Nick. Yeah. If you could only pick one, ooh, great one. If you could only pick one of those three. Do you want the leggings? I mean, wonderful you, you, you use, Useful leggings. Uh, dapper jacket. There's no Matt Khalil. Now it is logo seven. So that's true. Can't be showing up at Fahrenheit with the logo seven on, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking that jacket all day. I think we're all taking the jacket, right? I mean, uh, aside from you get married in it, if you could, um, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. That's Uh, why it's available. Someone got married and divorced in it. (laughs) I'm basically doing it all over again. I'd be in that jacket. (laughs) (laughs) She said she accepted me for who I am. And she wouldn't Liar. wear the leggings. <laughs> I had one wish. And my Dwayne Jarrett, Jar- my Dwayne Jarrett picture is in the trash can. <laughs> Just want to watch some Family Matters on the honeymoon period. This thing ain't passing no DNA test for shit. That's right. I got one in. I got one person. There we go. For one for one hour twenty. There we go. Eric, where can people find you on the uh, internets and whatnot? On the interweb. Well, I, if I'm not on Electronic Bay buying a jacket, <laughs> they can follow me on Twitter at CBJ Spanberg. And uh, then we have the magical website, charlottebusinessjournal.com. So we talk and write all the time, so we'll drive you bananas. Can I plug? I want to plug. I, I this is, I'm not good at plugging. You should subscribe to the Charlotte Business Journal. I, I thought I'd didn't for like not the longest time but i would always click and see the like subscribe for four yeah. or four months for four dollars or whatever it was too. i didn't and i was like eh, whatever but there is so much cool and interesting stuff if you like 
living in Charlotte or North Carolina or even care about the Panthers or the Hornets or anything sports-related if you're listening outside the Charlotte area, which I know a lot of people are. Um, sorry if you're listening in uh, the U.K. Uh, this, <laughs> I think it was still pretty interesting. Hey, the Panthers ben, are coming in October. You, you might as well catch up. Exactly. If you are living in the U.K., you probably should not subscribe to the Charlotte Business <laughs> Journal. Sorry about that. And anybody, anybody locally that talks about Panthers and seems like they know what they're talking about, particularly on the business side, is reading Eric's work, even if they don't credit him. Oh, yep. thank you. You're very kind to say that. Thank you for putting up with me and for my pal, Phil Collins. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. You better have that queued up and ready to go, by the way. <laughs> While he's doing yeah. that, Colin, where can they find you? At Colin CLT on Twitter. Probably sitting on your deck drinking a pumpkin beer. Not Definitely not drinking a strawberry lemonade natty. <laughs> it's growing on me. I think I just like the flamingo it's the, it's can. A fungus. <laughs> it's a fungus. <laughs> Well, I'll go get a tetanus shot after I drink it. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? You can follow me at Josh Klein Rules on Twitter. You can also listen to uh, It Is What It Is. That's my uh, uh, our player interview podcast. This week we had Kevon Seymour, who has an absolutely spectacular story uh, of growing up in the worst part of California. And... Um, and then we talked Game of Thrones with Taylor Heineke. Next week is Andre Smith. After that, I think is Elijah Holyfield. So a lot of a lot of guys. So if you're talking, if you want to find out a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers, who they are as people, and less about who they are as uh, as X's and O's, that's that's a podcast for you. I love it. It's my second favorite podcast behind this one. I'm Nikki704 on Twitter. This has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Eric Spanberg, your One Day Contract is up. See you all next time. I muted us, but we could just listen to it. Boop, 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 boop.